Ladies and gentlemen, today I learned that podcasts have made it. Because at the beginning of Justice League, they're little kids and they have a podcast. So to anybody who's looking to break into podcasting, just know that the barrier to entry is a seven-year-old with a tape recorder. That's what I learned from Justice League this week. But in all seriousness, I decided that I wanted to, to, to watch this movie finally and uh, offer up some opinions on it. And uh, it, had, it has been a long time since I, uh, I think the last DC flick I watched was Wonder Woman. And uh, well, you know, this is uh, one of those save the world movies. And uh, of course, Zack Snyder. And as a reminder, you know, these th- this podcast is always going to spoil, so... Even though they're quick reviews, just note that I am going to spoil these movies. But, you know, you got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg, and, of course, Lois Lane. <laughs> that's, that's tough. It's tough to be Lois Lane in a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg world. You kind of just feel out of place. But to be perfectly honest with you, at the end of this movie I, that I look back on, <laughs> I look, it's not particularly good. Okay, and uh, that's uh, that's what I'm going to stick by. It's not a particularly good film. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it's Snyder. I don't know what what it is about his flicks. But there's that action set piece, not really a set piece, but CGI extravaganza at the end, where um, all of these superheroes go to Russia. I guess now. No, no Russian superheroes, I guess. So they go to Russia, and uh, they're going to do some fighting. They're going to do some punch em ups and kick em ups. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm thinking about the composition of this team. But before before that, I'm going to be all over the place, guys. That's how this podcast is going to go. It's going to be a stream of conscious. Just watched it. Took zero notes. Coming in hot, okay, to talk Justice League. And I learned something this week besides. I don't love Zack Snyder's action. I, I don't, there's, it looked like, it looked like a, a, a video game and not a particularly good one at the very end. Now, that's not to say that there are not merits in this movie. It's rare that I see a movie where I can't talk about the good times too because we've got to focus on the positive because uh, what's happening right now is I'm going to rant about Justice League, maybe do a little bit of raving, but mostly ranting. And uh, I'm going to say that I am guilty. I am the reason why the world has turned to shit, according to this movie. It looks like it, right? There's, uh, the world is hurting, and you have all these establishing shots in the beginning of this movie where they're talking about, oh, no, the, the world isn't good, and people are negative, and things are bad, and we need, we need a bunch of wealthy, we need, we need, the, the, we need the perfect everyman. To rescue us from our depths. The hardworking Americans that struggle to make ends meet. We need Bruce fucking Wayne, the billionaire, right? We need that guy to pull us out of the dumps, man. We need Bruce Wayne to help us remember what it's like to be down to earth and hardworking. To uh, rescue us from, uh, from the negative... I guess, cloud that hangs over all of us. That's what I learned from Justice League this week. And, uh, you know, it follows your typical thing. We meet all the heroes and we got the reluctant hero and Aquaman. We have the, 
the misunderstood and isolated hero of Cyborg. We have the quirky, uh, socially awkward man in Flash. And of course, we have the the uh, reluctant hero in Wonder Woman. She doesn't want to. Right? She doesn't want to lead. She's a reluctant leader. She just wants to be the fighter. She doesn't want to take on the responsibility. And uh, of course, you have Aquaman who is... The unmotivated, I guess you could say. He's, he doesn't want to get mixed up in these affairs. He wants to stick to the ocean, man. He wants to stick to hanging out with all the fishes. And uh, they are all brought together by the man of the people, billionaire Bruce Wayne, right? The one that we can all relate to. <laughs> so, and nobody, everyone's parents are dead. Why are everyone's parents dead, right? Cyborg's mom's dead. Does Aquaman have parents or was he born of a fish? I don't know. I don't know who the lady was he was talking to. Wonder Woman, no parents. Flash, dad murdered his mom. Bruce Wayne, dead parents, right? Superman, dad, dead. Fuck, man. It's like a bad role-playing game where everyone wants to write the character that goes a little bit like this. Well, I just see my character as uh, this tortured guy and... uh I just imagine him with no parents and sort of like this loner guy doing his thing. That's what I want, right? Nobody wants to get in there and do like the parent thing. It's, it's just so funny. All, every one of these heroes is missing one or both of their parents, which I just think is funny. But anyway, you know, you got to assemble a team and get them all together. But goddamn, man, it's a good thing Jason Momoa wasn't the bad guy. What's the bad guy's name? I don't even know. He's a Steppenwolf. How could I forget Steppenwolf? <laughs> that's that's not real. That how was he named Steppenwolf? Is there a Justice League nerd who can email me and tell me? Because you can't say Steppenwolf without thinking of the band. Now that might be something somebody like an old guy like me would say, right? Because I know Steppenwolf, right? Born to be wild. That shit. That's Steppenwolf. That's Steppenwolf to me. But my point is, it's a good thing that Jason Momoa wasn't in charge of uh, traveling all over the world and gathering boxes because, holy shit, is he hot. God damn, Jason Momoa is a handsome son of a bitch. And uh, I am convinced that between him and Wonder Woman, they'd have some some beautiful, powerful children. They should probably work on that. But, you know, I, I can't help but think of the power levels in this, right? Wonder Woman is so powerful. And I think Gal Gadot, I'm sorry, I'm not saying that right. If I'm saying it wrong, I don't know what to tell you. But she is so good as Wonder Woman. I like her as Wonder Woman. Now, whenever you do these ensembles, they don't, there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot you can, you don't get a lot of time. So that's why I always want these origin movies. But, you know, I liked Wonder Woman. I liked the uh, Amazonian stuff, all those like chicks with rippling abs and huge deltoids. I thought that's cool. I like... I've always liked the Amazon stuff since seeing Wonder Woman. I don't want to say always, but since watching that movie. And I just thought it was cool to see them. I thought it was a little bummer. They, they kind of got overwhelmed by Steppenwolf. It seemed to be rather quickly compared to our four heroes, one of which is, or five heroes, one of which is just a rich guy, a man of the people, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> but um, I, it, it, that I thought was kind of a bummer. I thought The Flash was... Um, Man, I went into this thing and I was going to like The Flash. Now, I haven't seen the TV show. I've never really read the comics. I've just liked Flash as a concept, somebody who moves rather quickly. 
But Flash to me, Flash is one of those weird heroes because he has this power to be so fast. But but that's about it. He doesn't have the will or the desire. I think I think the character is really reduced to some pretty silly, neurotic Jewish stereotypes. I mean, it's like, what the fuck, man? He's like, oh, I'm my, you know, my my mom, my mom's dead, and he's just like this neurotic, socially awkward kid. This uh and, and he is flash, right? It's it's a it's a archetypical at this point to have the nerdy socially awkward kid who doesn't know how to be a hero, right? It's like Spider-Man or, or those characters are always like this. But there's this, there seems to be this disparity of force in this team where you have a guy like Batman, who I love, right? I love Batman, but I, I like Batman in a Nolan sense, whereas I like Batman dealing with Batman level shit, which is the Joker, which is Scarecrow, things of this nature. Batman dealing with world-ending things. Now, I know Bruce Wayne in the larger universe would get involved with shit like that because he would feel compelled to, but I almost feel like he would just make phone calls <laughs> from the Batcave and get everyone together so they could go fight the thing with their godlike powers. Because they're between between Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and of course Superman, there's no need for, for anybody else except to, to do things like ferret you know, to, to be a fairy for uh, for survivors who are trying to move out, like Flash at the end of the movie, right? When he's running guys out of the big, you know, everyone's fighting and Flash is like, well, I guess I'll use my super speed to evacuate people. That's the kind of level of shit I see out of Batman or even the Flash uh, is that right there. Now, I don't know anything about Cyborg, but I liked Cyborg. I liked Cyborg when he was wearing a hoodie. Once the hoodie came off and he was like this metal man with a little bit of flesh, I liked him less. But I thought he was kind of a cool concept, which was suffers a horrible accident, I guess. My, by the way, side note, not an expert on DC Universe. Not an expert on heroes at all. Don't know the real origin stories. Barely remember Wonder Woman. Couldn't Couldn't tell you. And that goes for MCU as well. This isn't... I'm not like a MCU fanboy that doesn't like the DCU. Uh, in fact, I think probably my favorite comic book movies are are the Nolan Batmans and, and Deadpool. I love Deadpool. Uh, and I like Logan too. So like, I like the darker heroes like this. But um, but I do have a newfound respect for for Superman, but we'll we'll get to that. But no, man, I just the the the, the I want Batman to do Batman level shit. I don't want him to save the world. And I feel like that's such an, there's this, hero movies are like an escalating arms race to me. It's, it's, we have, we saved the world. Well, we saved the solar system. Well, we saved the galaxy. Oh yeah, well, we saved your immortal souls. I just want them to fucking maybe sometimes catch bank robbers. But I wonder if you could scale it back, Right. Could you scale it back to Batman maybe breaking up a human trafficking ring or Spider-Man, which haven't seen Homecoming, so maybe he does this, but grabbing a couple of robbers and bringing them to jail or having them dangling in front of the jailhouse on a spider web or something like this. I, I just don't like the escalating stuff unless you want to go totally bonkers and make a Superman film where he saves the world. But my point is guys like Flash to me, and again, don't know the Flash character particularly well, just what I witnessed in this film, but I do know Matt Batman pretty well. 
world-saving shit just seems like it's out of his element. I want to see situations like Nolan. I'm not saying you can't redo Batman, and now that Nolan's done it, nobody can do it. I do like Chris Nolan a lot. My point is he should be doing Batman-level shit, not Superman-level shit. Because at the end of the day, and I know there's a Batman versus Superman movie and blah, 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 but that movie's bullshit because Batman would just be thrown into the sun by Superman. And I like Batman, but fanboys, come on. Take Kryptonite out of the occasion. If Superman has the will to just grab Batman and throw him into outer space, he's fucking dead. That's it. There shouldn't even be a contest between those. But that's not that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Batman versus Superman. I'm talking about Batman doing Batman level shit and Superman doing Superman level shit. That's what you need out of this movie. Okay. And now I don't know where Cyborg falls into that, but when Cyborg was hanging out in the shadows, estranged from his father, and he is, is doesn't love the way he looks, he's not happy with being this machine, and he has a hoodie, and he is mysterious, and he has cool powers, almost like he's he's, he's like the DCU Iron Man kind of in terms of powers with the cybernetic suit, or maybe he's comparable to Cable. I don't know. I, I'm not, again, not a comic expert, so couldn't tell you. But I feel like he would be doing Batman-level shit, Cyborg. I feel like that's more his style. But Aquaman, it, well, here's what I do know. In, in Marvel, Submariner is super powerful. He's, he's like a deity or demigod of sorts. He's just, I remember him being very powerful. I also remember thinking Aquaman is an underrated hero in terms of power level. I mean, if you can control the ocean, which is like 78% of the planet, I feel like if you can just whip up typhoons and make giant waves and control sharks and rustle up the ocean and do crazy shit like this, I feel like you can do a lot. I feel like you can do a, a lot of things. Now, I don't know how compelling it is to set a story underwater where they can't talk, which was a weird scene in this, right? When they, when they get together and they're like, I thought to myself, man, could you do a whole movie where they're like the whole time and just punching? And it's like underwater fighting is funny because it just looks slower than normal. So it's like a Superman fight, except in the water and slower, right? With less color. It's like more greenish blue. It lacks that Snyder palette, I guess you could say. But I don't know, man. I, I I dug Cyborg. I thought he had potential. Once he took the hoodie off and he went full Cyborg, never go full Cyborg. I didn't like him as much. Um, I didn't like the overt stuff, but I just thought the idea how cool it would be, especially in the modern world, especially in the changing world with things like social media and things of this nature, the idea of infusing yourself into the technology by way of an apparatus that morphs into whatever you need it to. And you can hack things and you can look up records and you can, that seems like a really rich storytelling environment. Like you could do a lot of cool things with something like this. And then he also has a lot of power to boot. And and it seems like he can sustain a lot of injuries. I mean, he took that crazy space ax or whatever, (laughs) whatever that guy's from, the Steppenwolf ax, right? It almost claved him in twain, but he seemed okay. So I don't know, maybe maybe he can take it. Don't know, not sure. But Cyborg interested me right up until the suit came off. And maybe that's just my aesthetic, but I liked the hoodie. I liked the cybernetic stuff, right? He's 
He's hiding in the shadows. I mean, if you see that guy walking down the street in a hoodie, are you going to cross the street? Hmm? Are you? Probably, right? Probably on account of having a red glowing chest and metal all over his face. But my point is this. Cyborg seems like he has potential. But by the end of the movie, he was less interesting to me. When he was mysterious, when he was brooding, when he was mostly covered, I just imagined how cool it would be to be a street level, like Batman, like Daredevil, like characters of this nature, guy, and what what kind of stories that would look like. And, and maybe learning a little bit more about his origin stories, which I guess is some sort of horrific accident. Um, and thus his father, Miles Dyson, come on, he's back from Terminator. Yeah, yeah. Like Miles Dyson, whatever his character's name is, saves him. That's his son, right? I guess he, Silas, Silas Stone. Silas? Silas is not a hero, is not a good guy's name, right? When they said Silas Stone, I thought for sure this character is going to be behind this, you know, world dominating box collection thing. But no, I liked him. I thought he was kind of cool. I mean, the plot, I don't even know, man. It's, it's a two-hour flick, and this guy's trying to gather these boxes that are all, all over the planet, and once he gets the boxes, he can like kick, kick some ass, I guess. And that's what happens. And now, Steppenwolf has a dumb name, okay? But I thought he looked pretty cool. I liked, I have this thing with, with horned helmets. I just think they look cool. I like anytime somebody's wearing a helmet that has giant cool horns on it, he has my attention. I thought it was kind of neat that he had a giant axe. I liked that in terms of what you can do cinematically with a combat, which is one of the reasons I like Wonder Woman. I like the idea of a shield, a sword. That's awesome. Um, I like the idea of them getting into a melee fight because that just is fun to me. So let's talk about probably, there's, there's a couple of moments in this, in this movie, which is we get a little bit of a human connection between Lois Lane and Martha Kent. Diane Lane, of course, and Amy Adams do a good job because they're playing human beings uh, with frailties. I liked this. I liked a little bit of the discussion between them. I thought it was necessary. I do have a question though, before I get off of this, why didn't, why did Bruce Wayne wait to take Martha Kent's house out of foreclosure? Dude, you're a billionaire. Take the house out of foreclosure and send Martha, call, pick up the phone, Bruce, pick up the bat phone, right? Call Martha, ring, ring. I'm sorry I killed your son, but I'm going to take your house out of foreclosure. Do something like that. Make it so, make it so she wanted you wait to the end of the movie, right? Come on, Bruce. Help mom out, man. Anyway, but my point is Amy Adams uh, and, uh, and Diane Lane, I like those moments between them. And I really like the moments between Lois Lane and, of course, Superman, or more aptly, Clark Kent and Lois Lane. And that... You know, when I think about this movie, it, it, it might just be that I'm, I'm definitely not a great target audience for this. I don't, I find my attention starting to drift while I watch this. Now, I didn't see it in the theater. That's the whole point of this podcast. Although I may end up doing a couple in the theater now and again, but mostly the, the point of this podcast is to just cover anything that's available to rent like now. This movie's about a year old. It was actually on HBO. I thought I was going to do this one. I thought about maybe doing Quiet Place or Rampage for fun or or Ready Player One. And I'm sure I'll get to those. But 
but I but I wanted to do this one, but only because it's sort of been nagging me for a while. My listeners on the Science Fiction Film Podcast, right? I feel like they talk about it a lot, and I've been out of the loop and and a bit hesitant, a bit reluctant to sit down and watch it because I have to be honest with you. I I kind of am burnt out on Marvel films, meaning that that's not to say I don't think that there's only Marvel films or, or, or hero movies. I think there's plenty of movies to watch if you go looking. I guess my point is, I feel like once you've seen a few, you've sort of seen them all. And... And some people love that. They want to keep seeing them over and over and over again. That's really cool, and I applaud that. Um, that's like me with Star Wars. The idea of the expanded Star Wars universe, when it first came out, I thought, cool, I want to watch a bunch of Star Wars movies. That's going to be awesome. I'm starting to now feel maybe like I don't think that as much. Maybe I don't want to... Uh, <laughs> maybe I don't want to see every uh, Star Wars movie every year like I thought I did because I'm starting to get fatigued on that as well. But my point is I was reluctant to see Justice League because of that. Now, going into Justice League, again, this is not an objective review at all. It's barely a review. It's just me commentating and ranting about <laughs> movies, specifically Justice League. But I, I didn't, I was reluctant to see it because I knew I was going to go in there with, with baggage, with a preconceived notion of, oh, it's going to be this formulaic kind of nonsense that just unfolds before me in a spectacle. I don't mind formulaic nonsense that unfolds before me in a spectacle because a lot of times that's just what cinema is. It's simply a distraction. But I guess I just didn't love the the, the last, the end, man, with the, the, the Zack Snyder stuff. It feels, I want it to feel, I want my comic book movies to to have a comic book feel to them, but not be fully feeling like I'm looking at a comic book unfold because they're very different mediums. And I felt like that. There's there's just weird colors. There's weird moments. Um, the dialogue, man. Dude, the dialogue in this movie is bad. It's really not good. It's bad. And that's unfortunate. The, um, the acting is fine. I'm still warming up to Affleck as Batman. I think Henry Cavill is a great Superman. Um, I like Jason Momoa because of Game of Thrones. I thought he was pretty cool here. Uh, I mean, he was he was okay. I think he's got potential. He's very they're all, they're all very one dimensional. The ones that haven't gotten a movie yet, or maybe Aquaman. I don't even know if Aquaman has a fucking movie. I don't know. But some of the dialogue between Alfred and Bruce was just brutal. That 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 just pedantic sort of in your face. We get what you're going for here. Dialogue. I didn't write down examples again. I'm not doing that with this show. I'm just coming in and firing from the hip. And uh, maybe if I ever give this full coverage on the Science Fiction Film Podcast, I'll rethink some of these thoughts. But this is fresh, man. Fresh. Coming at you. All emotion. Very little intellect. Right? <laughs> and I stress that when you listen to this show. Very little. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's, it's um, I didn't love it. I didn't, I didn't love the dialogue. It, was, it, it struggled. Now, performances, I really liked, to, to be honest with you, the moment between Clark and Lois in the field at the house with the foreclosed sign and them coming together and her saying, I haven't been a good Lois Lane. I dug it, man. I, I like that. Um, I like that we get a human element here because one of the things I think that superhero movies really fail at is invoking fear. And we've talked about this on the Science Fiction Film Podcast before. And that's, there's no, superheroes are never afraid they're never really grappling with fear to me. 
in in a nutshell. I, I just they feel it's it's more like they're grappling with should I do this or shouldn't I do this or what's the consequence of my power going to be or I can't let people die or it's it's rarely those fearful moments. And I hate to say it, I think Nolan captures fear. It captures the insecurities of Bruce Wayne, some of the insecurities of Batman. Again, you're talking about one guy over three movies. That's a lot of time to devote to it. But a lot in, in the MCU, same thing. I don't feel like they're afraid of anything. They're all, they're all kind of comedians, right? They're all a little bit comedic. They're all, they all say funny things. That's, that's what you do now, I guess, is you say funny dialogue. Superheroes are all hilarious. They could all do, right? They could all do 10 minutes at the Laugh Factory, I guess. I guess they're, they're all comedians now. They all make, they're all quippy. But, um, and maybe that's always been the case. But, you know, I never thought so. When I, when I used to read comics, and I didn't read many. I read Batman and Spider-Man things. I was like, Spider-Man's funny. He was the funny guy. He made the funny quips, and, and the rest had a serious tone to them. And I, I, I was more into them for their badassery than I was for their humor. But humor seemed, I mean, this is the formula, right? These, these archetypical characters that have no fear, that are going to set everything right, they are the best parts of the best parts of us on the screen, our idealized versions of ourself play out through these characters. And I think that's probably why we're so attracted to them. Um, we, we, part of us feels like we have Wonder Woman in us or, or Batman or, or take your pick. And, uh, and I think that's part of their popularity that in, you know, they, they kind of pull you away that it's an escape. And I like that, but listen, I think you should probably check out Justice League. It's worth watching if you're a fan of movies and if you like superhero stuff. I, 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 I mean, it's not good. I, I didn't think it was particularly good. I'm not, I'm not regretful that I watched it. It was really, the music was awesome. And I think Danny Elfman did it. And because I thought I heard a little bit of the 1989 Batman motif coming into it at times. And I thought, whoa, is that Danny Elfman? I don't know if it is. I don't have the computer in front of me again. I'm trying to do this with with little interference, little uh, with no outside uh, corruption on my thoughts. I just want to think about it and guess about it and be wrong about it and be corrected by by you guys on social media, via email, or whatever. That's totally fine. But but I think I think I saw Danny Elfman as as the music. But I did dig the music. I thought the music was really good in this. Um, it was noticeable almost immediately. But yeah, I don't know. I, I understand their popularity. I understand the archetypical superhero. I understand that it's not to be that they're not always supposed to be this deep three-dimensional characters. I, I understand that. I understand that they're writing for an audience at this point and that they're not necessarily writing a passionate project. I understand all of this, and that totally makes sense to me. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to comment on that particular aspect of it. But I guess it's worth watching. I guess I would check it out. Um, if I had to give this the scale that we've recently implemented in the science fiction film podcast, I will say this. If, and here's the scale. Hated it, didn't like it, like it, loved it. Hated it's really strong. But I'm going to go ahead and just safely say, didn't really like it. But I want to close out my final thoughts with this. Because here is something that I thought was awesome about this movie. Outside of the human connection between Clark and Lois, one of my favorite moments in this was when Superman came back. Superman, when I was younger, I hated Superman. 
because I had a very narrow vision of Superman. I thought I had Superman all figured out despite reading maybe three comic books by Superman. I thought I was so fucking smart. I had Superman figured out. And I thought to myself, Superman, he's so powerful. He can just solve anything. There's no conflict. Couldn't be further from the truth, right? It said it best in Superman 2, right? Kal-El, they will not understand you, I believe Jor-El says, as Marlon Brando, before he was fat. Kal-El, the world, or something like this, I don't know the quote, but Kal-El, the world will not understand you. They won't trust you, I think is the gist of what he's trying to say. And I like that. I like the idea of this powerful creature, this powerful alien coming to this planet and trying to help them and people not being grateful and people turning on him. Uh, I think that's an interesting premise. And I think you go after Superman not by way of power, but by emotionally, spiritually is how you is how you get into the meat and potatoes of what could make Superman an interesting character. But all of that aside, all that highbrow nonsense aside, let's get right into what was badass in this movie. My favorite part in this movie was when Superman comes back and the team members have to confront him and it is hilarious. At one point in this movie, Wonder Woman says she's working with children. Wonder Woman, you are children compared to Superman. Wonder Woman, the rest of you, this display of power is so awesome. When I was a kid and we watched Superman 2, that's the movie I always think of. Superman 2, Neil before Zod, right? That's always been my Superman in film. And you could only do so much. Now with modern technology, if used sparingly and correctly, not like the last 30 minutes of this movie, you can take a guy like Superman and really remind the viewer as to how powerful he is. I'm not talking Iron Man powerful. I'm not talking Aquaman powerful. I'm not talking, fuck, Incredible Hulk powerful. He would grab the Incredible Hulk by his ankle and throw the Incredible Hulk into a black hole and Bruce Banner would be no more, okay? Which is fine because Ruffalo whining on social media is really getting to me lately. But seriously, Superman is really powerful. It was awesome that that moment when they confront him, there's some slow-mo shit where he locks up, he's headbutting back and forth with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is very formidable to be taking such a beating from Superman. I will say that. Him smashing Bruce Wayne up against the police car, him looking out the corner of his eye and seeing Flash move, this stuff is awesome. That's the standout moment in Justice League for me. Watch the movie just to see that scene, I would say. Watch the movie to see some of the cooler interactions. But again, if I had to, if I had to devote my four-point scale to it, hated it, didn't like it, liked it, and loved it, I'd have to say that didn't do much for me sorry and that's it we're out of here i have a vivid memory of the first time I was attending my niece's wedding and was at the sink in the men's room when a wet spot on the front of my trousers caught my eye. An unwelcome contribution from my bladder. Fortunately, 
I was wearing black and with my jacket buttoned, no one would be the wiser anyway, but for me, I knew it was time to see a urologist. Want to laugh during life's most embarrassing moments? LSG can help. Go to libertystreetgeek.net. Podcasters will give you a reason to wet yourself.